Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I missed you yesterday. God dang it. I thought we had a great show for you yesterday, but guess what? We're going to have a better show today. Hey, welcome. It, 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 hey, can you put it up? I don't know, man. I've never seen this before, but it is the Her Male Genitals edition of, it's hard to even say, right? The Her Male Genitals edition of Don't At Me. I'm not making fun of anybody. I just saw that tweet, or, and I thought it was funny, man. I, there are certain things, look, there are certain things in this world that you never thought you'd see, better or worse. But when I saw her male genitals in uh, this story that's up, I got to tell you, it took me a little bit by surprise. I'm sorry, it just did. Get mad, glad, angry, or sad, but it just did. And I know everybody gets mad, right? You're anti this, you're this. No, uh-uh. If you do what I do, which is treat everybody the same, then guess what? There is no, well, you're mad about this. You just treat everybody the same. You see something funny? It's funny. See something that ain't funny? It ain't funny. What can I tell you? But her male genitals edition is as funny a thing as I have ever seen. I'm not going to lie to you. Did we, hey, uh, did we put it up? I'm having a hard time seeing the screen. It is the Her Male Genitals edition of Don't At Me. It's unbelievable world we're living in. Unbelievable world we're living in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I honestly don't. All right. A uh, lot of hoops, a lot of hoops over the weekend. And listen, there's no better guest to have on my show than me. So I don't know what we got going in the back room, but I love St. Peter's. I talked to Shaheen Holloway yesterday and Shaheen Holloway, the coach of St. Peter's is like, look, we stunk early in the year. They had a 28 day. Listen to this. They had a 28 day pause of COVID. St. Peter's did. And during that time, Coach Holloway, who is the head coach of St. Peter's, told me, look, I got to get back to basics. So they got back and they sent home, ladies and gentlemen, they sent home Kentucky. I told you last week, Kentucky was just a team. Like, this is interesting in Kentucky. Kentucky folks are mad at me and they can be all mad at me all they want. But my question is simple. Is Kentucky still nationally relevant? I don't know. I'm watching. I'm like, hey, I I guess everybody tells me they are, so I'm supposed to say they are. Big Blue Nation gets all mad. They go Indiana fan on you, which I'll talk about in a minute. But anyway, I don't know. Is Kentucky nationally relevant? Are they still nationally relevant? I don't know. But I know this. They got their ass beat, and they got beat in a tough way. Hey, uh, Dylan, can we play this? Can we play the Shaheen Holloway clip? 
I'm gonna say this, it's gonna come off a little crazy. I got guys from New Jersey and New York City. You think we scared of anything? You think we worry about God trying to muscle us and tough us out? We do that. You know, that's who we are. I'm Well, I ain't doing that to Purdue. Take the 12 and a half right now because it's going up. Take the 12 and a half right now. That bad boy is going up. They ain't doing that to Purdue. But God, I love the story. Man, did I love the story. And then here's what made it even great. And this is what I'm going to get into when we talk college basketball. Here's the thing. Not only did they play the breaks off Kentucky, but it got to overtime and they still played the breaks off Kentucky. And then after everyone's kissing their backside, you know what St. Peter's did? They went out and beat a more athletic Murray team. Now, how are they doing it? They're running their sets great. They're playing with unbelievable confidence. They're not being sped up. And that's the key here. Like, when you're the bigger batter team and you're Kentucky or you're Murray, who was longer and more athletic, the thing you try to do offensively, to defensively, excuse me, to the t- other team's offense is you try to speed them up. You try to get them going too fast. So when they get a wide open shot, man, it – it doesn't feel good. You know, when you're not sped up and you get a wide open shot, you catch it in rhythm and you knock it in. But when you're sped up, you get a wide open shot and you're kind of hesitant. You're looking. Well, they were never allowed to sped up, and that was the key to the entire game for St. Mary's. And, it, and it's going to be the key in Purdue, but we're going to get into the Purdue game as we move forward. I don't know. I don't care. You talk about it. Billis can talk about it. Everybody can talk about NIL. And you can talk about players being paid, and you can talk about who's an NBA draft choice, but there were so many great games in this tournament, and the next one, North Carolina and Baylor, was unbelievable. Let me explain what made it unbelievable. First, North Carolina has really improved, and Hubert Davis has done a great job of getting this program going again. All right, that's number one, fine. They get, they being North Carolina, get up 25 points with 10 minutes to go. Brady Manick loses his mind, punches a guy, he's out the game, and he is balling. All right. But here's where real college basketball is. Not this crap you listen to about NIL. Not this crap you listen to about whining about officials. No, that's not real college basketball. That's guys like Bill. They haven't been in a, in a locker room. They haven't been a head coach. They haven't addressed their team. They don't know. Uh, all these guys on television, they don't know. Except for Greenberg, except for Fraschilla, except for Hubie Brown. Those guys know. They've been head coaches. But here's why I always say that. This game was about what college kids really are. Baylor is down. They got a chance. They can go away like my Indiana Hoosiers did. They can whine, cry, bitch, moan, quit. Or... Or they can fight, and Baylor fought. You saw the difference. Let's take Indiana and Baylor. Indiana, uh, Xavier Johnson, one of the players, whined to me, you play five games in eight days. Okay, fine. Uh, Well, I don't. I'm old. I would. I did, but not now. Anyway, Indiana gets in a tough circumstance, and what do they do? They quit. They laid down against St. Mary's. Au contraire. A champion like Baylor Wait a second. You want to see the heart of a champion? Down 25. Yeah, they played bad early. Yeah, uh, North Carolina was making shot after shot. But did they quit? Hell no. You know what they did? They fought like crazy. They got 
back into the game. Then they got it to overtime. But here's where it even gets better. Here's where I, I salute the hell out of players in college. Not the ones in Indiana that quit. You don't quit ever. I don't care. The ones that will fight. And here's the deal. Baylor, North Carolina, tied. Ten minutes ago in the game, North Carolina up 25. Baylor shows heart, gets it tied. North Carolina's in the huddle. They got guys out. And guess what? How about this heart? Guys out, they're depressed. They lost a 25-point lead. What do they do? They jump right up their backside in overtime. I mean, boom, boom, boom. You can talk about all the crap of college basketball, how cheating actually uh, pays, see Calvin Sampson, how players are getting paid, see NIL. I don't care. In my world, college basketball and college basketball players are all about heart and toughness, and damn, did you see it then. Whoa. Holy cow. Uh, Gonzaga, Memphis, same thing. Same exact thing. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I had no dog in the fight. I didn't bet the game, but you know what I did? It was awesome. That game was unbelievable. Next thing you know, smack, 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 smack. I mean, heavyweight fight guys going back and forth. Hey, give Penny Hardaway credit, man. Memphis, tough as hell. And I think had Memphis played any other team in the country, they would have won that game. You could put Duke, I don't care. Baylor, I don't care. I don't care. Arizona, doesn't matter. I think, I think Memphis would have won against anybody not named Gonzaga. So what do you got to do? You got to give Gonzaga credit. Drew Timmy went on the block. Whap, 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 whap. I mean, he was unfreaking believable, Drew Timmy. And then, all right, then other guys, once the game got sexy, remember they were down 10, 12 in the second half once they got sexy. Bolton started, Nemhart started, but Drew Timmy kept him alive. Hey, I ain't mad about Memphis, and I was wrong about Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway's got that thing going. I have much respect now for Penny Hardaway. The team was in the toilet. Armani Bates was, Bates was screwing him up. Bates left. They started winning. Don't like that he let Bates play again. He took some wild shots. Having said that, hey, good for you, Penny Hardaway. The future is very, very bright in Memphis. Iowa State over Wisconsin. Not that big a surprise. Not that big a surprise. Teams have a tendency to get back to who they were. And when you go about the business of Wisconsin, they weren't very good. Then they got going in in the league. And by the way, speaking of leagues, is Big Ten any good? All my TV buddies are telling me the Big Ten's great, great, great. And I, all right, that Big Ten's great. They ain't that great. They ain't that great. I'll tell you this much, Wisconsin wasn't ever that great. Wisconsin played great during the year, but they weren't ever that great. So Johnny Davis struggles. Wisconsin can't beat Iowa State, who's a middling team. And you know what? Salute to Iowa State. The, again, the heart and character of players. The heart and character. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, Dylan. Dylan, can you put on... Dylan, can you put on that that tweet that I sent out? Do you mind? That got 900,000 views. I'm going to show you the difference between heart and no heart. Like, 
if we could put that tweet up while I'm talking about Iowa State, Wisconsin. So Iowa State's struggling, right? I don't know what Iowa State's doing. They're just struggling during the year. They get in the tournament. Next thing you know, they got to go to Milwaukee. Well, guess where Wisconsin is? Madison. Two minutes away from what? Milwaukee. Not two minutes, but you get my point. So what does Iowa State do? They stroll in, big crowd, and beat their ass. Yeah, heart. Hey, look, Johnny Davis struggled. So this is the tweet. Fatigue isn't bothering Notre Dame. Amazing what having mature win-first guys can accomplish. And that's what Notre Dame does. IU fans, you'll always have your TikTok videos. Hope that helps. IU and IU players are making TikTok videos in between their games. Now, look, I don't give a damn what you do. I don't give a damn how you go about the business, your business. You want TikTok? TikTok. You want a FaceTime? FaceTime. You want a Facebook? Facebook. You want an Insta? Insta. You want a Snapchat? Snapchat. You want a Tinder? Tinder. Don't care, but show up and play. Notre Dame's guys did. Iowa State's guys did. Memphis's guys did. And that's how Mike Bray runs his program. See, that was a compliment to Mike Bray because that's what he's always done. And that was acknowledging Indiana's fans. This, that tweet right there got 900,000 views. Some little uh, high school kid who's going to Indiana called me a clown for it. Uh, Woodson's daughter said, I was being mean to players. I'm not being mean to nobody. I'm acknowledging that Notre Dame's got some badass dudes and IU players and their fans love the TikTok. You know what Iowa State fans don't love? TikTok. You know what they love? Winning. You know what Memphis fans don't love? TikTok. You know what Memphis fans love? Winning. Battling. That's what this tournament is about, people. It ain't about, hey, uh, I'm, I got to do an interview with Barstool Coach. Uh, ho- hold on. I'll watch film later. No, it ain't about your NIL. It is not about your brand. It is about freaking winning. And Indiana fans gave me true story. Death threats. I mean, more, I mean, I got Woodson's daughter. Don't be like Dan. I got players. Uh, Xavier Johnson, the point guard. You try playing five games in eight days. Well, let's break that down. Five games in eight days. So you got to play 40-minute game. This is what I used to do with my players. All right? This is what I used to do with my players. So you're, you're here. You're getting a coaching perspective here. You'll never have a better show than this, truthfully. You're getting it cheap, too. Uh, you got a two-hour window, day one. When that two-hour window hits, this is how I used to explain when you'd play back-to-back in conference tournaments. All right, you got a two-hour window. You got 24 hours in a day. Two hours you got to play. You warm up, you play, right? In that two-hour window, you play 30 minutes. Okay, so two hours, 120, you play 30. During that 30 minutes, every four minutes, you get a three-minute timeout. The NCAA tournament has long timeouts. Every four minutes, you get a timeout. At halftime, it's 22 minutes at halftime. So in that two-hour window, you play four minutes timeout. Four minutes timeout. Now, you're only playing 30 minutes, maybe 35. Then you get a 22-minute window. I mean, what the hell? That's, imagine when these guys got to go to work in a steel mill like my family did, or go be an iron worker like my brother-in-law is, or a school teacher like my daughter is. 
Imagine when they got to do that. Oh, my God, I had to play five games in eight days. See, when you don't worry about that, you do what Notre Dame did. You go play the breaks and beat the hell out of Alabama, and then you go be, play the breaks off of freaking, uh, who was it, Texas Tech, and you didn't get a call and you missed some free throws or you win that one. This is what the NCAA tournament is about. And I hope Indiana fans listen. Uh, Richmond beat Iowa. I got to mention it because I bought into Iowa for the first time ever. I always say Iowa. What, say it with me, Sean Black. Iowa going to Iowa. Iowa always going to Iowa. Well, guess what? Iowa, Iowa. First time I ever bought into. First time ever I bought into Iowa. They're going to the Final Four. Okay. All right. They're going to the Final Four. Okay. That's what I said. I'm making fun of me. See, I treat everybody the same, and it drives people nuts because we have these protected groups, right, that we're not allowed. Bullshit. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to swear. B.S. Screw protected groups. I treat everybody the same. If you don't like it, call me an ist. Long story. Now we're back. <laughs> I bought into Iowa. Richmond was better than Iowa. The wrong Murray was shooting. I don't even want to talk about it because the easiest game to bet all weekend was Providence beating the hell out of Richmond, and they did. Houston, Illinois. Wow. It pays to cheat in college basketball. Nobody over the year, well, some guys, but very few guys over the years were as dirty as Calvin Sampson. Calvin Sampson put two schools on probation. We had a big meeting as head coaches in Chicago the day after the Bartman game at the airport. Calvin Sampson somehow, some way, is a National Association of Basketball Coaches president. On the way to that meeting, he was doing illegal stuff when he was going to give all of us coaches a speech on not cheating. The bet, when you see Calvin Sampson stand there and go, you know, I, I'm all about the community. We're all about, He's full of crap. But anyway, he ain't even, uh, whatever. Uh, coaching his brains out, Illinois had no shot. No shot. Zero shot. Illinois could not play with the toughness of Houston. Give Samson credit. I saw Houston get beat by Memphis. 37-game win streak broke at home. Big crowd. Calvin Murphy wearing leather. Wearing leather. 70-year-old man wearing leather. Even my dog just went... And came over here. She's scared. She's under the couch. True story. Right here, Lula. 70-year-old man wearing leather. Hey, let's go! They got beat, but he's brought them back. All right? Maybe the story, I don't know, maybe the story is Miami. I picked Miami to win the first round game over USC. I watched Miami. Charlie Moore's a bad boy. He's a guard. They got some tough-ass guards at Miami. I watched them one time all year, beat Duke. I thought they were great. Did you see what they did to Auburn? A kid named Chong, I think it was Wong, dunked all over Jabari Smith. And this is why I love having Doug Gottlieb on. Doug Gottlieb's the only guy that understood this. This kid Wong dunks on Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith's supposed to be a top 10 recruit, maybe a top 5, maybe the top pick. Got embarrassed. One thing about kids these days, they're so insecure because no one's ever pushed them. No one's ever told them no. (laughs) That they get embarrassed. So this kid dunks on Jabari Smith. Uh, Jabari Smith, done. D-U-N, done. Why? 
because he got posterized. Oh, my God, he got posterized. To this day, the hardest dunk Arvita Sabonis, DeMonte Sabonis' dad ever did was on me on NBC. NBC doesn't even carry college basketball, and they were showing highlights of it as recent as about 10 years ago. It happened in 83. I tried to take a charge. Boom! Wow. So Smith was done because, well, I got dunked on. I'm telling you, guys that worry about that are out. Guys like North Carolina are in. And then guys like the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Think they worry about getting dunked on? Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Think they worry about a tweet? Think they worry about five games in eight days? No. Texas Tech's coach used to be a boxer, Mark Adams. Texas Tech's coach knows his way around everything. College basketball. Texas Tech's going to fight like hell with Duke. But that game against Notre Dame, low scoring as it was, was a hell of a game. Because Notre Dame was on a roll. But the tough teams won. The whiners, the complainers go home. St. Peter's, tough-ass team. North Carolina, tough-ass team. And, but, 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 but. Some teams that lost, not whiners and complainers, bad boys. I mean, bad boy. Michigan State, Duke got them. But Michigan State, bad boys. They were tough. Memphis, tough. Tough. You kidding me? Kentucky. Kentucky, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, they just all got out tough. And I'm telling you right now, whoever comes out of this Sweet 16 is going to be a hell of a team because I think it was the best first two rounds in the history of NCAA basketball. Game after game after game after game. And it was fun. I mean, it was really fun. And I'm telling you, stop all the garbage. You guys, all you got to do is open your Twitter and what do you see? Will Wade. Jay Billis says NCAA basketball sucks. Officiating bad. NIL good. Right? You get all that nonsense. You get so much crap. Who's getting an NIL deal? Oh. Who's the number one recruiting class? Oh. Who's the number one pick in the draft? Oh, you know what I see? Man, I see dudes balling. I see men balling. I don't mean sort of balling. I mean balling. Hard. Was it ball so hard? And I cannot wait for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. Because I think college basketball in general on a night-to-night basis, is pretty boring. I didn't think a minute of this weekend was boring. Man, that was some good stuff. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we got a monster for you today. I mean, let's make no mistake. Bobby Barack, if you don't know who Bobby is, and you just don't know, but he's America's conscious. And that's why, one of the reasons why this is considered the Her Male Genitals Edition. We're going to talk about Rex Chapman, Candace Parker. How about this? The laziest person I ever went to go watch in high school was a kid named Brendan Hayward. I went to go see a kid named Vincent Witt. I'm watching Witt. Here comes his big old kid. Couldn't have been lazier. Now he's an announcer. Played in the NBA. Good for him. Now he's an announcer with ESP or uh, with whatever the hell station he's with, and he's so bad. Like, he's bad on the level of Rex Chapman and Candace Parker bad. And he came at me on Twitter. 
What are you doing? Everybody's mad on Twitter at me this weekend, and I like it. But we're going to talk to Bobby. We're going to talk to... Did you see this? I Did you see that ESPN broke in to their live coverage for a moment of silence because there's a bill that they're mad about? And I'm sure there's more to it, but this is how I read. So again, crush me all you'd like. Uh, there's a bill basically saying that we don't want teachers teaching five-year-olds about gender and sex. I, on my group chat with my teammates, grade school, high school guys, I told her, can you imagine our third grade teacher, Sister Geraldine, hey, boys, come down here. We're going to see if you're really boys. Uh, We would have said, hey, sister, got you right here. We're going to play Brad Greenwell's team on recess. What's wrong with this world? If our teachers would have sat us down and tried to tell me and ask me if I were a boy in third grade, second grade, first grade, I think my dad, who was a high school teacher, would have come in and sat on some people. But the world we live in, I don't think you're allowed to criticize this, right? Or else you certainly can't have a discussion about it because a discussion is bad. If you are not absolutely for it, then you're an ist. But L. Duncan, the most woke and ridiculous of all, uh, opens up the opens up and comes back in coverage on ESPN. And we're going to a moment of silence. Hell, Carolyn Peck, she had to read from a prompter. Courtney Lyle has no idea. She don't have kids. She got no idea. Lee worked with Courtney Lyle, and she's like, just tell Courtney to shut the hell up. And Carolyn Peck, the other lady that did it, well, I believe in blah, blah, blah. If you believe, you don't have to read, Carolyn Peck. Hey, Carolyn, I understand it. You're doing guy. Hey, I know. I know you're protected. I get it. But damn, at least have your own thoughts. We'll talk to Bobby about that. Uh, He's got a worst person this week poll. They've got a woke bracket. I love it. And then we're going to talk some NFL with Bobby Carpenter. Love Bobby Carpenter. Love talking to Bobby Carpenter. This is the Her Male Genitals edition of Don't At Me. When we come back, if you don't know who Bobby Barak is, you're going to know who Bobby Barak is, and you're going to love Bobby Barak. Follow him on Twitter. Go to Outkick, read his stuff. He is legitimately, legitimately the only media member that is not afraid. The only media member that is honest that I know of. Bobby, next. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, this is a true story, and I, I'm glad I found, and I'm glad this is a true story. I didn't know who Bobby Brack was, but I started reading him, and I started to going, yeah, yeah, somebody finally, not afraid to say stuff that is actually factual. Welcome back, by the way. This is the Her Male Genitals edition of 
don't at me. Bobby, her male genitals, I saw it in a, in a headline, and I, I, regardless, people can come at me all they want, but I thought in my lifetime I'd never see that headline. I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should have seen it coming. You? Uh, and it doesn't surprise me. First of all, I appreciate you having me on, Dan. It's just like that um, USA Today headline. What? Fellas, I can't hear them. Uh, can you guys hear me? I can't hear him. All right. All right. That's fine. But we're going to talk to Bobby about Rex Chapman. Let me know if Bobby's on. Uh, Rex Chapman, Candace Parker, Bob Huggins. Hey, Bobby, you got me now? All right. Well, we're going to talk to Bobby about Candace Parker. It's the worst halftime show I've ever seen in my life. And I don't give a damn if you get mad at me. I know people are protected. I know you liberals out there think Rex Chapman with his stolen content hung the moon. I know everybody. I get it. I get it with Candace Parker, but I don't care. I treat everybody the same. And she's awful. Like, horrendous. Like, the one rule you have to be in broadcasting, in studio, is prepared. And when they go to you and you're like, well, um, uh, 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 you know, no. No, and in Huggins, I love Huggy. Everybody loves Huggy, but if you don't want to be there, don't be there. Serious business. If you don't want to be there, there's no reason to be there. I don't expect anything, and I'm being literal here, I don't expect anything from the game analysts. Like, there's nothing that any of these guys say that tells you why. Here's what you're supposed to do as a game analyst. Number one, tell people why it happened. We see what happened Tell them why it happened. And frankly, when you have players, former players, they're incapable. There isn't one former player that didn't coach broadcasting that can ever tell you why. They just don't know. And you're seeing that in this tournament, period. I mean, you just are. And, And I don't expect that. But when you go to a studio, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith have set the standard. Uh, Clark Kellogg's in there just to say, mm-hmm, that's right, mm-hmm, yep, uh-huh, yep, yep. That's what he did with Steve Kerr. That's why he was out of the Final Four booth, because uh, he didn't have anything to add. It was just, yep, that's right, Steve, yeah, Steve, yep. Uh, CBS people would text me all the time going, my God. So they got him in the booth. They got him with Charles and Kenny. But really, Charles and Kenny don't need anybody, and I don't care whether Charles and Kenny know anybody on the set, or anybody in the game. does not matter to me. I'm not looking at, I'm looking at them to entertain. I'm looking at them to make me go, all right. Not sit there like Huggins. Well, you know, I, I think that, uh, or not go, uh, hi, I'm Rex Chapman. Uh, Pete Gillen's dead, and I'm really sad. I'll give, I'll give Chapman, though, I'll give him a little pass on this. I'll give him a little pass because Pete Gillen and Skip Prosser were pretty much tied. Dino Gaudio, Pete Gillen, Skip Prosser, they were all – so he just got, I assume, the name mixed up. But with Chapman, you don't really know. And the truth of the matter is I don't really care, but I just turn it off. But the problem is when you turn it off, where do you go? I go to old reruns for about 20 minutes of Two and a Half Men, Californication – I don't know. Maybe I run a little uh, curb your enthusiasm in there, but I sure the hell ain't listening to that. That's embarrassing. Like every guy that you know that you see on television in college basketball, 
texts me about how awful it is. In fact, I told my wife, I go, God, I just got 10 straight texts on how awful this show is. Do better, CBS. Just do better, TBS, TNT, whatever the hell you are. Just let Charles do the whole thing. That's it. I don't know if you saw this, and I talked about it earlier, but I'm waiting on uh, see if we can get Bobby straightened out here. Uh, ESPN's L. Duncan broke in to coverage of the women's basketball tournament. I talked about it a minute ago. Low-level Disney employees are mad because Disney didn't support a bill that basically says, or, or did support, I don't even know which way the bill goes because I'm so tired of it. But basically, the governor of Florida, DeSantis, who probably be our next president, decided, yeah, we're not letting five-year-olds get asked and swayed into what their sex is. I want to say that again. There is an uproar right now in Florida about whether or not five-year-olds, six-year-olds, four-year-olds, should be taught and questioned on what their sex is by a teacher. Huh? I love what Will Cain said. No teacher better do that with my kids. I don't know what to tell you. That shouldn't even be a question. I don't need Sister Geraldine, my third grade teacher, trying to point out whether I'm a boy or a girl. I'll figure it out. My family will figure it out. How about teaching me how to write? How to read. How about we do that? How to spell. I'm serious about it. It's all crap. But L. Duncan and ESPN, because of pressure from low-level Disney employees, they broke into the coverage. And they went... (laughs) they, They went to Carolyn Peck and Courtney Lyle, two heavyweights in the broadcast industry, for a moment of silence. Now, Courtney Lyle, my wife's work with Courtney Lyle, she's like, Dad, come on. Carolyn Peck, as I said, she had to read it. I am not in favor of this. Is that okay, ESPN? Can I keep my check? I don't. Uh, I think Disney people ought to worry about, I don't know, the arrests that were just in the company. I think there's some activity like CNN with underage folks in Disney. Why don't you stand with them? But hey, Look, I don't care if you want your five-year-old, four-year-old, three-year-old to be questioned by some teacher on what their sex is, God bless you, I don't. And if that makes me a bad person, write your little articles. If that makes me an awful human being, send your little tweets. Please, send your little tweets, and away we go. Dan's me. Dan's an ist. You know how many times I've been called an ist? Do you really want Your five-year-old questioned about their sex, what sex they are by some teacher. Wait now, Bobby Barak, hope we get him. Uh, There is a poll that Bobby and others have, and it's awesome. And the poll is, there's a thing called the woke bracket. Well, no, wait a second. Let me go to something else. Because Bobby's got this too. And I really didn't study this, except I did. Because I think Bobby's the best. We've got a worse person poll. Now, in my opinion, in my opinion, we're all God's children. We're all God's children. There are no worse people in the world. We're all beautiful. 
that you're all beautiful babies of somebody. Isn't that what we're supposed to say? Uh, L. Duncan says, if teachers can't talk about sex and gender theory with six-year-olds, it's a threat to the LGBTQ community. All right. Now, you got to understand, Joy Reid is one of the most homophobic people there is. Guess what L. Duncan did? L. Duncan casually tweeted with Joy Reid. The phony, the frauds are beautiful. But hey, we're all God's people. We're all God's people. We're all God's children. Isn't that what we're supposed to say? I'm in, man. We're all God's children. That, that gets you out of everything. Right? I hear a little something in my voice. Maybe we'll have Bobby on. I don't know. But anyway, he is America's conscious. Uh, the Babylon Bee has been, which is a parody account, has been suspended, locked, for violating Twitter rules. Man, I said this when it came out, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll say it again. Twitter's the worst thing to ever happen to this country. Twitter makes idiots have a voice. Twitter is about death threats if you don't believe what I'm saying. Twitter is about changing things into your narrative. This, again, because he, ladies and gentlemen, is the absolute America's conscience. Bobby tweeted out this. Listen to this. 3% of the population sends out 90% of all tweets. Only 8% of the United States population is active on Twitter. The 10% of users who post 92% of all tweets are Democrat plus 43 years old, meaning very freaking liberal. That's why you see Twitter stars like Rex Chapman, Bomani Jones, and by the way, Bomani Jones, pick it up, and freaking someone named L. Duncan popular. That's genius by Bobby Barak. Honest to God, that is beautiful by Bobby Barak. But anyway, we all have to posture. I don't posture. I treat everybody the same. Hello, I'm here. Hopefully we're still here. Hopefully. Let me know if I can still keep going. But anyway, uh, my headset's falling out. The show's a crap show, and that's why you love this show, because you never know what's going to happen. Go to Bobby Barack and go to OutKick for the woke bracket. Like, let's be honest. Keith Oberman's completely out of his mind. And just saying that name makes me itch. Just saying that name. I got, I, I, got, I got to take a shower. I don't know what happened to that clown. But man, don't be angry in life. Be happy. Just be happy. You know what I mean? Can we just be happy? Why do we have to be angry all the time, Keith? Just because somebody, I'm sorry, just because somebody disagrees with you? Everybody's an idiot, a jackass, a fool. I don't get it. I'm done with that. I don't get it. But that's all right. So Keith Oberman will win every woke bracket that there is. And if you want to see the woke bracket, keep it right here on OutKick. We'll show you the woke bracket. Because the woke bracket, and we'll get into it more this week. I was hoping to get into it with Bobby, but obviously we're having some problems here. But I got to tell you, the woke bracket is genius. L. Duncan. Yeah. L, you go, girl. You go. Yeah. When L. Duncan gets mad, Courtney Lyle. Yeah. Uh, uh, Carolyn Peck. Hold on. I'm supposed to protest something here. Hold on. I I got, I got something I'm supposed to say as we do a moment of silence. 
St. Peter's beat New, New, uh, uh, University of Connecticut. No, wait, hold on. Uh-uh. Wait. I am all in favor of this protest. What the hell are people doing? What are you doing? Like, what, what, what are you doing? Why do people tune in? You know, here's the deal. Um, here's the situation. The situation is bleak. I don't know why Disney employees aren't more worried about some of their bosses that are involved in underage kids. That seems to me to be something that Disney, I can hear whoever that is. Whoever that is, I can hear it. Um, We're worried about five-year-olds in school, going to a public school, being questioned. Hey, I got you, Bobby. Are we on the air? All right, let's do it. Hey, Bobby, uh, you're the best. I'm going to jump to a couple of things, and I'm, we're going to just take it till the top of the hour. Screw it. I got 15 All minutes right. with you. Chapman, H- Chapman, Huggins, Parker, just let Barkley do the whole thing. Well, you know, the Chapman situation is fascinating because the storyline going in was how could CBS, TNT, TBS, whoever made this decision – allow such a radical, you know, uneducated, extreme voice, political voice on their air. I mean, this is a guy that's been lying about election, race relations, crimes, and they're allowing him to talk college basketball. But, Dan, that's all pushed to the side because, let's let's be honest, this guy might be the worst TV talent I've ever seen. I mean, forget about him saying somebody's dead that's not dead. He just sucks on TV. He's dry, boring. He has no humor. He's slow. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This is one of the most disastrous decisions I've seen in a long time in programming. And there's been a lot over the past few years. And you just got into some of them. I mean, Candace Parker alone is just a dreadful voice, unpleasant, doesn't know what she's talking about. But but Rex Chapman, I mean, CBS, TNT, TBS, this is a disastrous decision. I've never seen anybody worse on TV, especially such a big moment. We're talking the NCAA tournament. These program directors wait all year to get this cast together, and Chapman's the best person they can come up with? Uh, when people get on Twitter when I do a game, they hate me because I'm mean to their team. But they always say, Dawkins knows a lot about basketball. He's entertaining. I just hate that he doesn't like my team. This isn't even it with Chapman. And it isn't even it with Candace Parker. Bobby, I've never seen anything like this. The number one rule in being on television, doing a studio show, is to be prepared. Be pre- Know the names, know the teams, know the play, know everything, right? That's it. You only got a couple minutes. It isn't rocket science. They, in the first games of the NCAA tournament, put it back to Chapman and put it back to Parker. And what happens is the host will throw it to them. There'll be a screen of something else. And the host will try to figure out what they're going to talk about next. And these two idiots, I've never heard so many ums and as and uh, to where the host had to jump back in and save these two. You got to be prepared, Bobby, and that's it. That's all you got to be. Yeah, and this goes to sort of the change in philosophy of who gets on these shows. Like these are, you know, quote unquote, former athletes, but it's like what you have with journalists on TV used to be you had to be at one point a general sports columnist like a Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon now they're just putting 
quote unquote, Twitter influencers on TV who really have no background covering sports or unqualified, don't know what they're talking about. That's what Chapman and Candace Parker are, but supposedly former athletes. Twitter says they're good, they're smart, they're enlightened. So the bosses say, okay, put them on. They're not prepared broadcasters. They're not skillful broadcasters. They're Twitter favorites. And that's what my column was yesterday is that these decision makers who are really to blame about all this stuff, they've been misled by Twitter and they continue to let Twitter tell them who is and who is not a star. And that's the problem with all this stuff is that without Twitter, Chapman would be nowhere near any TV set. Uh, no question about it. I mean, look, and, you know, I look, do whatever you want. But I guarantee you, if Chapman's stuff was a conservative lean, he would not be on television. I guarantee you, if Candace Parker was a conservative lean, if Candace – the funniest thing that I see is we serve our sports viewers from ESPN. That's what – no, they don't. It's a trial thing in terms of announcers, and it's an embarrassing thing when L. Duncan, Carolyn Peck, and Courtney Lyle break into game coverage – help. Courtney Lyle, my wife worked with her, and she just started laughing. She goes, oh, my God. And then Carolyn Peck was reading off a script. Supposedly we stand, but we got to read off a script. What the hell was that breaking into the women's tournament, Bobby? Yeah, it's just mind-blowing that ESPN would do this. Um, you know, For those that don't know, so Al Duncan is protesting this Florida bill that they've dubbed as don't say gay. What the bill says is, is that Florida teachers cannot talk about – sex, sexual orientation, transgenderism, and gender theory with third graders and youngers. That means that a public school teacher can't talk about sex with your five-year-old, your four-year-old, and six-year-old. That's what the bill says. So in other words, L. Duncan went on TV and said it's a threat to America that teachers can't talk about sex and gender identity with your four-year-old. Dan, that's not just woke. That's pretty creepy. I mean, I think L. Duncan should have to answer for this. So either A, L. Duncan is for four-year-olds talking about transgenderism and changing their sex and sexual surgeries with teachers, or she has no idea what she's talking about and just got her information from some blue check Twitter account. Either way, pretty unbearable stuff to say on tv and then i think you talked about at the top of the hour here l duncan's supposed to be this sticking up for the lgbtq community the spokesperson well last night she was tweeting back and forth with joy reed who has a long history of homophobic post although joy reed now says that she was bomb um, because now you can't say homophobic stuff but when you're allowed to joy reed was at the forefront of going after that community l duncan says that she stands with so yeah either l duncan is very creepy and is for sort of teachers indoctrinating sexually kids or she just a complete moron and quite frankly i'm not sure what's worse but i've been on this l duncan thing for a while um, people like Bomani Jones, Max Kellerman, they get all the attention. L. Duncan might be worse than all of them. For those that don't forget, one year ago, L. Duncan froze Sage Steele out of an ESPN programming special because, quote-unquote, Sage Steele is not black enough. So L. Duncan is now deciding which black people are black enough to sit in the same room with her. I mean, just a despicable person all the way around. I totally agree, and actually – uh, Sage told me what she was. No, Sage didn't say it. Sage didn't say it. I got to protect Sage. 
But the thing that she got frozen out by Mike Eves and L. Duncan, she created. <laughs> like, she created it. And again, I'm so glad to be out of there because everybody that works there knows it's just a complete mess. Um, and there is no moral high ground with them. I just saw they put out a big thing now, how they stand with LGB. And that's great. I mean, great. But so does everybody. No one's, no one's mad at any community. And by the way, Tracy Morgan, uh, in the greatest show ever written, 30 Rock, says you can't piss off the LBGTQ community uh, because they're the most organized of the communities. It's actually pretty funny. It was like five years ago, so he was ahead of his time. You know what I mean? But uh, everybody stands, well, who gives a crap? How about showing me the game? Honest to God. All right. I, it, it, you know, it's so funny listening to these folks. Uh, Courtney Lyle, how about Carolyn Peck had to read it? I stand with the LGB, you know, shut up. Yeah. Like, either you believe it or you don't, right? And the fact that they have to go through all those letters line by line just shows you they have no idea what exactly they're standing with. Like, when they start saying I, A, plus, they don't even know what that means. That's why they have to go through it word by word and check off each letter because these people are absolute frauds. And you mentioned Michael Lee's. Another loser. I went after this guy about a month ago. He went on Twitter and said, I'm an advocate of women's sports. I'm all for female athletes. I want them to get more attention, more money, more publicity. And I said, Mike, why aren't you talking about Leah Thomas? And this guy wouldn't respond to me. Another hypocrite that's grandstanding online. I mean, L. Duncan and Michael Lees are some of the worst people in all of sports. Um, I think these guys need more attention for just how pathetic they really are. Um, I actually think Elton Duncan might have a shot to win our Wolf bracket this year because what she did on Friday trying to advocate for teachers to talk about sex with three-year-olds, that's pretty gruesome stuff, Dan. I mean, that, that, that deserves at least a first and second round victory. Oh, my God. I, it's almost Oberman-like. Well, Oberman-like. Well, it's it's, get, see, it's I getting there. Fair, see, Oberman's almost in a class of his own. I, I mean, this guy, it, it, right. he's not even – I don't know if woke even describes Oberman. This is he's deranged. I don't know if people saw last week. He sent his former boss at MSNBC a five thousand word email begging for a job, and the boss pretty much said, "No, we're not bringing you on. You're too nutty for MSNBC." So for Oberman to be too nutty for MSNBC, that just shows you the state of where this guy is. One of the biggest falls in media I've ever seen. It's just, a, I mean, I, I, it always amazes me how people stand with something that's good. It's good. Yet, if you don't agree with them, they they're, fall into the most despicable insults to people that don't agree with them, Bobby. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm such a good person because I stand with this. Oh, wait. You don't agree with me? Then you're a no good, rotten, dirty son of a... You know what I, I mean? It's amazing how... Our most tolerant are so freaking vile in their hate. It drives me nuts. And Oberman's the top of the book, top of the key. Whatever. Yeah, and, and there's this saying that I really do believe, and I think that it's becoming more and more evident. The right hates what the left stands for. The left hates who the right is. That's a big difference. I'll say that again. The right hates what the left stands for. The left hates who the right is. That means people like 
nuts like Olbermann, Chapman, AOC, they hate people who don't disagree with them. Not their stances, not their ideology. They hate them. Olbermann is hateful. He hates anyone who doesn't agree with his view on this country. Uh, but then he puts out dogs, so he's a nice guy. Bah. Um, the worst person this week, Paul. What is that? Yeah, so th- this was fascinating. Last week was just a really a home run for the woke. You had Bomani Jones get opportunity <laughs> number four and just failing as hard as anybody could ever fail on TV. HBO put this guy after John Oliver and said, hey, we know you're not very good. We know nobody likes you. We know you have no TV viewers, but you could probably maintain somewhere between maybe 70% of Oliver's ratings when you're following him directly for only 30 minutes. Nope. This guy lost 80% of John Oliver's viewers going directly after him for only 30 minutes. So you have Bomani, you have Olbermann begging for a job. You have Chapman saying somebody's dead on air who's working right across from him in the same studio, and you have L. Duncan's sort of creepy moment. So I wanted to ask the Twitter followers, who's the biggest loser last week out of those four? And as expected, Olbermann overwhelmingly won. I I think this guy is sort of just the de facto woke loser of this generation. But, Dan, I got to say, if I were voting, I'd go Bomani because what this guy's doing just failing so hard time and time again is actually quite impressive i've never seen anything like this you put this guy on after this guy's followed Stephen a john oliver dan lepitard it doesn't matter you put him on viewers tune out immediately he's that hate among viewers one of the more pathetic media careers i've ever covered yeah, I would go L. Duncan. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I have two kids, my daughter and a son. They're older now. They're in their 20s. And if, if I was told that, hey, um, Sister Geraldine wants to talk to your daughter about whether she's a girl and wants to talk to your son, I'd be like, hey, look, Sister Geraldine needs to, you know, needs to get the hell out of it. I don't want teachers. I have a, t- a daughter that's a teacher. She's actually a teacher. You think she wants to have these conversations? Yes, you think you think teachers want and to I do got this? The, I got you know, the text. You know I got I mean? the text. And I thought this was pretty funny after I posted that poll. The text says, Bomani, Rex, and Keith Olbermann are always lame. We know that. However, L. Duncan jumped onto the scene out of nowhere, showed us who she is, and now we got to watch her around our children. That's a pretty good point. If you got to watch L around your children, maybe she does deserve the quote unquote woke loser of the week. Bobby, that's my vote. Bobby, I got to have you on every week. It's too good. It's just, it's, it's freeing. You got to understand. Uh, guy like me, Seth Greenberg and I one time were tweeting during the presidential debates and oh hey you guys can't do that no 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 it's so freeing to be able at my age to listen to you agree with you and be able to speak openly and honestly because here's the deal bobby i say this to people all the time you can call me an ist you can call me any kind of ist you want misogynist racist whatever ist you want i don't give a rat's ass you get called that when you treat everybody the same you, you see what I'm saying here? You treat everybody the same, it, whether it's a white guy like Overman, African-American like Candace Parker, uh, L. Duncan. You treat everybody the same. You know you're going to get called an is, but it's a freeing way to live. It just it, is. Thank you for your service, Dan, sir. I appreciate, Dan, <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and here's the way I look at all of this. 
if you can prove it, you can write it or you can say it. All this stuff is either backed up by numbers or video evidence. So to me, I'm not afraid of what anybody calls me. They call me the same thing, white nationalist, Tucker Carlson, something, you know, neo-Nazi, all that stuff. Those words don't mean anything unless you can disprove what I'm saying. And so far, no one's been able to. No, because facts don't lie. You know, Twitter lies, Facebook, whatever, the Instagram, oh, whatever, the awful. facts don't lie. Oh, Bobby, thank you, my yeah, friend. Keep going, man. Don't stop. America needs Bobby Barack. I'm telling you, give him a follow. You'll love it. I, I, you'll love it. Even if you are a woke human being, if you have sense, you'll love it. If you're so whacked out on your side of the aisle politically, you won't love it. If you're so whacked out on, well, you got the names, you got the letters wrong. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I get lunch wrong. Bobby Carpenter's up next. I can't wait. We're going to talk some football. Uh, I gave you the great, look, I don't need any basketball guests, but I will have some tomorrow as we move closer to tournament. But I got to talk some foots, man. NFL free agency is hitting my city. We got Matt Ryan. I'm talking to Bobby next. Can't wait. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Oh, baby, the NFL is on fire. And nobody I want to talk to more than Bobby Carpenter. Bobby, I'm going to get into Tom Brady's stealing march here in a minute. But for my money, in my world, Matt Ryan comes over to the Colts. What's your take on Matt Ryan? Well, I think Matt Ryan, there's a lot of what you're going to see potentially, Dan, with like what happened with Matt Stafford last year. You take a really good player who's been in a bad situation for a couple of years. And yeah, there was a time where Atlanta was a very viable Super Bowl contender. Heck, you know, they were up 28 to 3 on the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the type of quarterback he can be. He's going to give you a lot of that Carson Wentz upside. You know, maybe he's not as athletic, but he sees the field really well. He still has a good arm. Maybe not the most elite in the world, but what he's going to give you on the downside, that's what I think really matters for this Colts team. He's not going to go out and give you a three-interception game. He's not going to throw you an interception in the red zone that's going to cost your team. And so really, as good as he is, I think that's a huge benefit for Indianapolis. But really, I look at this, it's, how bad can he possibly be? And when he's at his worst, 
he's still a pretty good quarterback. And with a roster like that in Indy, that's really all you need. Yeah, he seems, Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point in his career, there shouldn't be, other than maybe Brady, a smarter quarterback. I mean, the dude plays every game. He's played in every situation. He's still big. He's still strong. Guessing he can still sling it. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe he's not the you know guy he was when they went to the Super Bowl, but he's got to be a hell of a solid, better than Philip Rivers type guy here in Indy. No, I, I think he's a better decision maker, top to bottom, than Philip Rivers. And Philip was pretty close, you know, to being you know a pretty darn good quarterback. You're talking about a guy who, you know, in my opinion, is a fringe Hall of Famer. Um, but Matt Ryan, like you said, he's seen it all. He has the experience. He knows what's coming and. You know, that's invaluable, especially when you have a, a younger team or a team that's kind of hitting their prime to have a guy as the signal caller who's been there, who the other thing, too, is you know, we talked about, you know, Carson Wentz and you know his lack of leadership and you know, some of the off the field things. You know, Philip Rivers gave you a lot of that and he was a fiery guy. But what I really like about Matt Ryan is you know, when you watch him play, Dan, I mean, it's steady Eddie. He's an easy dude to coach. There's not these massive emotional swings. You know, and with that, you're going to see a pretty productive player. And like you said, maybe he's not the guy he was five years ago, but he's still pretty darn good. And what you're going to see on a Sunday in and Sunday out basis, I think Colts fans are really going to like him for my money now. I'd say they're the favorite to win the South. Is he the best quarterback in the South? I mean, who's he going against? Trevor Lawrence, whoever they're going to trot out there in Houston? I mean... And then Matt, you know, Ryan Tannehill, like Ryan Tannehill does some good things, but I I don't know if any coach is going to sit there and say, I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Matt Ryan at this point in their career. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a nice player, but you know, Matt Ryan is really stinking good when he's at his best and he doesn't make those bad, bad plays. Like you saw against Cincinnati in the playoffs I mean, Ryan Tannehill threw three picks, he essentially cost them the game. And I'm pretty certain just from watching Matt Ryan playing against Matt Ryan, that's not something that he's ever going to do. Damn, Matt Ryan's old. He played he against you. Well, in all fairness, I was early on in his career. I think it was 2009, <laughs> maybe it was his rookie year, 2008. He's played for a long time, though, Dan. This has got to be at least his 12th, 13th year. I know. All right, all right, Tom Brady – stole March until the game started anyway, because the games of March have been pretty good, March Madness. But Tom Brady coming back, it stole everything from Selection Sunday. Were you surprised? And what are your thoughts moving forward with Tom Brady? It doesn't surprise me. And there's people that come out and they're like, I feel sorry for the guy. Like, like he's hooked on like heroin as if he can't quit football. Like how many people (laughs) get to live their dream of what they've always wanted to do be the best at it and not only be the best at it for a short while, but still be in their mid forties and be the best at a kid's game. And so I think he felt, you know, like he was getting nudged into retirement. You feel that natural pull because nobody's played as long as he has. And he's probably thinking, you know, maybe it's it's time to start that next chapter. And, you know, we should have probably read some of the tea leaves. We saw the, the Via Vea restructuring, you know, they franchise Godwin. Like you're not going to make those moves unless the door is still open. I think Tom probably sat around and, and usually Dan, it happens for guys a little bit at OTAs, mini camp, you know, mostly right when training camp starts, they get that like longing to go back to compete. But I think Tom looked at it and realized like, if I'm going to come back, 
I can pull all these guys back to the Bucs. We can get a lot of our same team back. He knows what type of magnet he is to attract other players. And so, you know, right before free agency, let's throw it out there on Sunday night. We're going to usurp the college basketball selection show, and everybody's going to be all in on Tom Brady for at least the next 72 hours. Hey, this is a little off script. I didn't really have this, but Devontae Adams leaving uh, Aaron Rodgers, how big a deal is that? I think it's a huge deal. And you look at how good he was. Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he's he's the best player he's ever played with. Like, Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing compliments out like that willy-nilly. And as you go back and look, Dan, this is something that I've, I've talked to a couple other people in the media about, guys who, you know, cover it. And they're inside. They're talking to a lot of people. And, I, and I'll talk to some players and a couple of coaches. But, like, everybody missed this to where I think we all made last season, you know, about Aaron Rodgers coming back. And, you know, the last dance was all about him moving on and what that team was going to look like when Aaron was gone. How about this for you? I think some of the hesitation with Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay was probably due to the fact that he knew Devontae Adams was ultimately going to leave. He – he had just bought this offseason, he bought a $12 million home in Vegas. He played with Derek Carr. Heck, there's a video of him from back in college talking and calling Derek Carr Jesus as a quarterback. I mean, he's a great human being. People like him. And the last dance tweet or Instagram post, whoever it was, you know, I think Aaron tweeted out and Devontae liked it. I think that may have been more about the fact that De- Devontae knew he was going to be gone. Green Bay offered him more money. They offered him you know, more years. And I think Aaron knew that no matter what happened, he was going to be gone. And so if I'm coming back to Green Bay, which is I really think what Aaron wanted to do, we've got to find a way to replace this guy. And it's it's not going to be easy because he's one of the top two or three receivers in all of the NFL. So I don't think you can discount that. Like Aaron makes receivers good, but Devonta Adams is a special beast as well. I agree. Like, uh, you got to have guys, don't That's my worry about here in Indy, about Matt Ryan. We don't have guys. We don't, you know, uh, who do they replace him with? Is it possible to replace well, him? the good news, you know, for Indianapolis, the good news for Green Bay, and Green Bay got, you know, nice compensation. I think a one and a three coming back. You know, Indy's got some nice picks there in the second round. The fact this is a really deep receiver draft, and I think you can get really good talent end of the first round through the middle of the second. And so because of the fact there's like six or seven pretty good players that you'll be able to do that. And so you're not going to replace Devontae Adams. You don't replace a seven, eight year vet, you know, who's an all pro caliber player with a rookie and expect no drop off, but it's really the closest thing you can do right now. I mean, Allen Robinson was on the free agent market. He went out West signed with the Rams. You've got him and Cooper cup tag team together, which that's going to be the best one, two duo in my mind in the NFL, especially with Stafford as the trigger man. But I think most of these guys, now you got to look to the draft and see who else is out there. And, and maybe you, you look around and you know, maybe you make some trades and see if there's some older guys you can squeeze a year or two out of and then hope that some of your young players develop and stay healthy. Bobby, I, I'm going to stay with Rodgers just one second. You know, a lot when you really look at Aaron Rodgers, I know he's only won one Super Bowl or whatever people want to complain about, but doing what he's doing in that cold, I don't know, man. It, it, that's a little different, is it not, than doing it in a dome? I mean, the more I see Rodgers, the more impressed I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm dead wrong you're not, about it. You're not dead wrong. I mean, that's what you're saying there is something that people usually, you know, they don't really talk about. It's really hard to be a quarterback in Green Bay, to be a quarterback in Chicago, in Cleveland, in Buffalo, in Pittsburgh. 
Like it's easy to go out there and be a quarterback in Arizona, you know, to be a quarterback in New Orleans, to be a quarterback in Jacksonville, in Los Angeles. You know, anybody will tell you it's harder to throw, you know, a cold ball. What Tom Brady did in New England for all those years, very, very impressive. And so what Aaron Rodgers is doing, you know, is is you know, not only unparalleled, you know, from a standpoint of you know, winning a couple MVPs here back to back late in his career, you know, you'd like to see him get another Super Bowl. You know, but but remember this, there's certain quarterbacks that as good as they are really struggle in elements because you have to have strong hands, a strong arm. You, know, you have to be able to hang in the pocket, cut the wind with your throw. And, you know, and your hands, like, dude, they blister up. They're all cracked. They feel terrible. And I, I look at this, and this is my, my perfect example. I love this guy, and I encourage everybody to go see you know, the movie. I think it's American Underdog with him in it because he's awesome. Uh, Kurt Warner, you look at what he was able to do when he was in St. Louis. People forget the Giants brought him in to kind of bridge the gap, you know, while uh, Eli Manning was still learning. He was bad in New York. The system really didn't fit him, and he didn't throw the ball well in the elements. Then all of a sudden he goes out to Arizona and goes to another Super Bowl. And so that right there is the example from a guy who's a really good dome, warm-weather quarterback. You throw him in the elements in between, and he's not nearly as good. That's interesting. I'm, I'm, it just kind of started to hit me. All right, let me go through some things. Deshaun Watson to uh, Cleveland, what are your thoughts? Huge upgrade at the quarterback position, number one. And, you know, we're going to have to talk about this, I think, in, in multiple layers because as human beings, we're all highly fallible. You know, we've all – and I, you know, I go back to the Charles Barkley thing. You know, people are like, how are my kids supposed to watch this guy? You know, he's, he's, he's a role model. I'm like, well, uh, no playing – and, Dan, you know, being around these guys – Professional athletes, high-level college athletes, I mean, they're as fallible as anybody you're going to find. And so, you know, Deshaun Watson, number one on the field, huge upgrade. You know, when he's at his best, you know, top five-ish quarterback, at his worst, I think he's a 10 to 12 guy. You look at the roster that they have in Cleveland, you know, they're going to continue to build around it. I like Stefanski as a play caller. I mean, this should put them in position to be able to win the Super Bowl or win the AFC and maybe challenge for a Super Bowl. But here's the problem. And this is what Cleveland realized with Baker Mayfield. And I like Baker. I think there's a lot of good stuff about him. I don't know if he'll ever be a top five guy. And I think he views himself as that. And that, that's the problem is when you don't have the self-awareness there to understand kind of how you've played and where you perceive yourself to be. But you start looking around in their division. Lamar Jackson, he's won an MVP. Joe Burrow just took a team to a Super Bowl. You know, out East, You've got Josh Allen at Buffalo. Um, you know, you, you sit there and you look uh, at Pat Mahomes. By the way, Russell Wilson just entered the fray in the East. You've got Devontae Adams now teaming up with Derek Carr out there. I mean, you have so many. And I'm sure I'm probably even missing someone right here as we, as we sit here and look at this. Oh, Justin Herbert in, in uh, Los Angeles. Like, that's the AFC. There's a list of quarterbacks in there. It's like, pick who you want. These guys have all made Pro Bowls. In my opinion, they're all capable of taking a team to the Super Bowl. And the Browns looked at this and said, hey, we, we're not good enough as we're currently comprised, especially at that position, to compete against those teams in the AFC. And so we've got to make an upgrade here. So they go get you know, Deshaun Watson. They throw him at basically, Dan, what else is unprecedented, an NBA Supermax-style deal. Nobody gets those in the NFL. And I guarantee you a lot of owners are looking at Jimmy Haslam saying, hey, you just kind of, you kind of ruined it for everybody because now when Joe Burrow comes up, you know, when Lamar Jackson, who's up right now, 
Justin Herbert comes up again, they're all going to be wanting these deals. And so that's going to be interesting how that goes. And then you still have to understand the fact that, you know, despite the fact there was 22 uh, sexual assault charges with women brought against him that didn't make it out of a grand jury, no charges were filed. So there's going to be nothing that happens criminally unless there's new evidence that arises. But there's still a civil, uh, civil case against him. And so am I going to sit here and say all 22 women are telling the truth? Probably not. Are all 22 women lying? Probably not. In the middle, there's probably some reality with what it is. And so they've got to answer to their fan base in Cleveland and go out there and be like, listen, this guy was accused of some very serious things. We did our research. We did our due diligence. We don't think anything's going to happen legally. But you know, there's still a chance. And I think probably that he'll get you know, four to six games based upon NFL precedent. So there's a lot that needs to be unpacked there. And he's got to win because he's going to be held to an extremely high standard given his off-the-field stuff, the draft picks they gave up, and the contract that he is going to bear in Cleveland. What about, like, our two guys, Marcus Mariota, he goes over and replaces, excuse me, Matt Ryan, and then they bring uh, Jameis Winston back. Now, Jameis pretty good till he got hurt, but that was under Sean Payton. What's your thoughts on those two guys? I like Marcus Mariota and what he can do in Atlanta. You know, you saw him in Tennessee for a long time. You know, he gets usurped by Ryan Tannehill. And both those guys, you know, high first-round draft picks and really, really good athletes at quarterback. You know, I think sometimes, you know, Marcus, you know, a great guy, just softer spoken. I think he throws a good ball, maybe taking a step back and then being able to be a starter again. I think this could be a good situation, you know, for him. I don't know if he's your long-term answer, but, you know, I'd say the same thing about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has all of the physical ability in the world. Just, you know, his decision-making and, you know, his ability to see the field and anticipate throws. Like if Sean Payton's not getting it out of you, I don't and making you, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback because he is incredibly intelligent with his, his design and, and fitting it around what players do well. You know, I, I think that that's probably his ceiling. And so the Saints have a really good roster around him, but you know, I see them probably being around a 500 team that's right on the fringe of making the playoffs, but realize that, you know, Jameis Winston is probably never going to be a guy that you can go and ultimately win a Super Bowl with. It's just, again, though, to, to your point, you know, it, it, it's just like, does every quarterback, how do I put this? I guess every quarterback now in the world we live in, that's the standard, right? Can you win a Super Bowl with him? It used to be like, oh, we're going to get better as a team. But now it's like, all right, can we win a Super Bowl? I don't, how many guys can really win a Super Bowl for you? Uh, I mean, I guess how many guys who aren't retained by their team can really win? We saw Peyton Manning do it, right? But how many guys can really do that? I would say just looking without, you know, sitting there and tallying it all up and just thinking around the league, I'd say there's probably 18 guys, maybe, maybe 20, but... But they're all they're all signed with their teams, right? They're all with a team that's not letting them go. I mean, like... You know, Matt Ryan, can he win a Super Bowl? Mariota, these guys that are signing Teddy Bridgewater being let go, you know? I mean, it, it's hard. Like, you got to beat established guys. That's what I'm trying to tell Colts fans. You got to beat established guys, the guys you mentioned, Bobby. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's guys moving around a lot. I think, obviously, I believe Matt Ryan can win a Super Bowl. Heck, he was on the fringe of getting it done and probably should have won it. You know, yeah. Russell Wilson obviously has. Deshaun Watson, I think, can. But you know, a lot of these other guys, Moving around, I mean, 
could you win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill? And I looked at that. I'm like, I think you could probably win one with him. But Dan, you've you're, you've coached, you've played. The margin for error with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. Whoa. I mean, dude, you're threading a needle. And so you start looking at it like, man, we gonna we would have to be perfect everywhere else for a three to four game stretch to be able to pull that off. And it does happen. Joe Flacco did it. Joe Flacco proved that it can happen. Because I don't really believe that he's a guy consistently that could get that done for you. But he had everything work out around him, and it, it does occur. But you're talking once every 15 to 20 years, I think that's the case. Who? Which team got better so far, really better this offseason? Who's winning the offseason right now? Because as you said before we went on, the NFL is on fire this offseason. So there, there's the sexy signings and then the signings, I think, that really make you better. And I think the sexy signings can make you better. I think Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, you pair him up with Waller, you know, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. Like, and the fact that they made the playoffs last year, despite everything that happened, they also signed Chandler Jones, you know, Max Crosby and him are paired up now as rushers. And that's another thing. Like the AFC West is loaded up on pass rushers because their damn quarterbacks are so good. Dan, you have to find a way to slow them down. So these teams are all getting, you know, Khalil Mack coming in, like to the Chargers, you've got to get after those quarterbacks. And so I think that, you know, the, the Raiders got a lot better. Cincinnati Bengals, you know, their offensive line was atrocious. One of the worst in the NFL last year, and they still made it to the Super Bowl. They had a ton of money to spend. You know, they just signed Lyle Collins, signed some interior linemen, Karras coming in. Like, I think that no one's talking about that because you can't throw highlights up, Dan, of an offensive lineman and get really excited about it on, you know, sports television and, and highlight shows. But, you know, they're going to make Joe Burrow better. That running game is going to be better. And I, Cincinnati's going to have a tough road to get back. It's really hard. But I think that they're better and they're more established now to have at least a three- to five-year run as they're currently comprised because of some of the things they did. Uh, Teddy Karras, we call him Junior Junior because his dad, Teddy Karras Jr., and I went to high school together. He was a little younger than me. So Junior Junior signs a big deal, and I think that is a big deal. I, you made the you made mention of this, and uh, Joe Burrow can recruit a little bit, right? This is like a a black cloud getting away from Cincinnati based on where they've been all these years. It, it no? really is, and for a long time in the league, and I think it's still that way. And you know, the Blackburns have taken over, and they're doing a better job running it. You know, Mike Brown's daughter and granddaughter are heavily involved. But for a long time, Dan, they were tried to run this thing like you did in the 80s. And they don't have an indoor facility. Their food wasn't very good. You know, their training staff wasn't great. Like, they didn't spend the money on peripheral things. I'm talking about spending a couple million dollars more a year, which is peanuts when you talk about how much they make in the salary cap. They, they tried to run this thing like my dad was still playing. And so they had a hard time getting free agents. And people were like, well, they would sign guys. They'd spend some money. I'm like, but they had to overpay because nobody really wanted to go there based upon, you know, how your work experience was going to be. But Joe Burrow has changed that because, you know, I think they will start to invest in some different things. They believe they probably have their guy. Joe Burrow's not going to pull a Carson Palmer. He's an Ohio dude. He's not trying to get back to the West Coast. And there's an intangible leadership quality about him. And we all saw it during the playoff run. People at LSU saw it. People at Ohio State saw it. Where he has like a quiet cockiness, arrogance to him that, it's like very endearing 
And I'll never forget, he came back after his first year at LSU to Ohio State, you know, during bowl practice, during some time off. And, dude, everybody just gravitated right to the guy. He wasn't even their quarterback anymore. He wasn't their leader. And everybody just surrounds him. And I think when you're around this guy, like, there's a belief that he's never in over his head. He's always going to be able to make the play. And you believe that you can always win the game with him. And, like, his ability to bring in those guys, you know, as you call him, Karis Jr. Jr. And if his dad went to high school with you, you know he's got to be a tough guy. And you need tough guys to have success. Yeah. So that's that's huge, man, to be able to recruit those guys to an area that never really has been able to do it before. The Karras family, Alex Karras, was a legend. He punched out a horse <laughs> in uh, Blazing Saddles. If you ever watch the movie Blazing Saddles, Alex Karras was announcer on Monday Night Football. Teddy Karras Sr. won a Super Bowl, was one of the baddest dudes in the NFL, which is Chicago Bears. I'm sorry, didn't win a Super Bowl, but it was before the Super Bowl. NFC Championship. Teddy Karras Jr. Uh, was with the Redskins. He got cut, but was with the Redskins. Got a Super Bowl ring when the Redskins won the Super Bowl. And Teddy Karras Jr. Jr. has got two Super Bowls with the freaking New England Patriots. That's right, baby. <laughs> Northwest Indiana, we're some bad boys. <laughs> That's it's amazing right. you brought it. You brought blazing hey. saddles, damn it. My dad let me watch that when I was about 10, probably about five years too young for it. I'm going to have to go back and watch that because I yeah. remember my dad making the comment about, you know, Alex Karras and the football family, but I didn't get any of that at the time. I was just blown away by the subject matter that was hitting me in the face. So I'm going to have to dive back into that. Mongo. Mongo was Alex Karras. We're all from Gary, Indiana. And, Mo and Alex, uh, you know, he was a defensive lineman, Hall of Famer with the uh, Lions, and he went into movies <laughs> And he was in a real popular sitcom. I can't remember what it was called, but he was, he was the star of this really popular sitcom. But to your point about Blazing Saddles, Bobby, I'm older than you. When it came out, it's the only movie I probably, when it came out, was 10 or 12. I don't even know. I'd have to look. It's the only movie my parents said you are not allowed to go see. At the movie theater. It's all, and then when I watched it, I'm like, okay, I get why. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, I get it. Uh, oh, man. Bobby, great stuff, man. What you got? You got a, you got Carp's Corner today? Oh, yeah, today? continue to push out more stuff about free agency, man. It just keeps coming. As soon as you think you have a handle on everything that's going on, th then all of a sudden you're going to see somebody else trade it, someone else sign somewhere else. I mean, it's got to slow down before too long, but this thing is rolling at a pretty rapid pace right now. It is. It started out where baseball free agency, and then the NF or the NBA took over the summer with free agency, and now the NFL is taking over March Madness because I don't care what anybody says. March Madness is great, and it's been the best I've ever seen, truthfully, game after game. But the NFL, man, it's, it's at a whole different level, brother. Uh, Bobby, have a great day, man. Appreciate yeah, you hopping time, on. Dad. Thanks. Bobby's the best, man. I'm telling you. If you get a chance, watch Blazing Saddles. Boom! Teddy Karras, or not Teddy, Alex Karras, who is Teddy Karras Jr. Jr., the new guard of the uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. It's his great uncle. Wait. Yes, it's his great uncle. It's his dad's uncle. 
So I think that makes it his granduncle or great uncle. Hell, I don't know. I know I got a hair right in front of my eye, and it's driving me bat blank crazy. All right, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to let my dog out. We're going to be right back. Uh, I got a few things I am mad about. Usually we do a segment that's called I Ain't Mad About It. Well, there's a segment now that I'm saying I am mad about it. We'll be right back. I have to go potty. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lula! Did you ever have such a bad dream that it just shook you? Like, I have certain dreams. Hang on one sec. I have certain dreams. I do. Can you imagine doing that on TV right there? Uh, I have certain dreams that I have. I have a Bob Knight dream. I have a dream of being back at Bowling Green as a head basketball coach. And I have a my wife is going back to her old boyfriend dream. Like when I started pursuing my wife, she had a boyfriend and I had to, you know, work my magic and she dumped me twice during the process, but I stayed strong. I didn't whine. I didn't chase. You don't chase. One of these days, maybe in the summer, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a whole show on how to be a man. Well, one of the things about being a man is you don't chase. You don't run around after somebody. What are you doing? But anyway, last night I had a dream that the lovely Lee Ross Dockage went back to her boyfriend and was kind of playing us against one another. Kind of fits in with the, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, the... This what is it called? What did I call this show? The wouldn't cover her male genitals, her male genitals edition. Uh, yeah, and so I am not all there today because this dream shook me to the point where I reached over. I'm like, hey, you still here? Good. Uh, I had a bad dream. Someday I'll tell you the story of how I used ESPN in a halftime show to get my wife back. Well, she wasn't my wife. She wasn't even my girlfriend, but I wanted her to be. So I had a bad dream about LLR last night. That's what we call her for those of you that don't know. Uh, I'm a little out of sorts. So I'm kind of angry to begin with. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a little pissed off just because, damn it. She left me for a boyfriend while playing me. I'm like, hey. She goes, yeah, you're leaving. Uh, He's coming in with uh, Mrs. X. I'm like, who's Mrs. X? She's like, well, it doesn't matter. I go, you still seeing that guy? Yeah, I'm seeing him. But I don't want to. She said, no, it was a terrible dream. Terrible. So I'm a little angry. I'm a little angry today. A little mad. So let's get to it. I am mad about it. All right. I'm going to tell you point blank. Uh, wait a second. Wait, hold on. Oh, no, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. These are my three on threes. Yeah, let's do the three-on-threes. Instead of I'm not mad about it, we'll do the three-on-threes. The ship has sailed, but I'm mad about it. 
So three on three, first and foremost, look at me. Phil Mickelson, look at me. Just look right into my eyes, Phil Mickelson. Quit being chicken blank. Quit being a self-involved D-bag. Tell everybody to stick it. Kiss your, you know what, I'm trying not to swear, Kelly. And go back to playing golf. What's wrong with you? The hell you going? So what? You try to take over the tour. Who gives a damn? They don't like it? Screw them. You've always been this, well, I don't give a rat's, blah, blah, blah. And now you're sitting it out? Are you insane? You can never sit out. You can never give in to those that think different than you and want to cancel you. You cannot do it. Phil Mickelson is not going to play. God, this is killing me. Is not going to play in the Masters. That's asinine. You're 50-something years old. Who cares what, if I had your money, I'd be doing this show naked. That's what I'd be doing. There might even be, I'd never go Jeffrey Tubin on you. Never, ever, ever. You would never catch me doing that. But I might do this show naked. Hell, I might do this show Orthodox Priest and do it backwards. Are you, are you nuts? Why are you whining, Phil Mickelson? I need time for reflection. You reflected. Now go play the Masters. You go play the Masters. That's the perfect place to come back. I'm sending this clip to Phil Mickelson. Cut this off. If you guys don't mind, send me out this clip. I'm sending it to Mickelson. I'm sending it to his people. Phil, you're an icon. Don't hide. I don't give a damn if you've got 15 different problems that you got to deal with 15 different psychologists. The Masters is the perfect place to play. You get up there. You say, this is what I did. It didn't go the way I wanted. Shouldn't have done it. Get off my ass. You walk to the first tee. You stripe one. You walk over to your partner. You say, hey, I feel good today. Let's bet 50 grand on this round. And then you keep moving because you're going to get to my age and you're going to be like, why the hell did I do that? It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen for a great, and I do mean great, Athlete, who cares if some slap blank writer for whatever Golf Weekly rips you? Who cares if some slap blank writer for USA Today rips you? You're above it. Hell, I'm above it. There's no reason for Phil Mickelson not to go back to the Masters, give him all this, and let's go. Quit screwing around. I don't care if your wife doesn't want you to. I don't care if your children. I don't care. You go do it because, frankly, you'll feel better when you get older. You just will. Damn. I can't believe it. Like, I get in trouble every February or March. There's always something. So I left Twitter last year. Because I'm like, screw this. Actually, God told me to in church. True story. I went back. But I'm looking back. I'm like, why did I leave Twitter? I should have ripped everybody's ass. I had idiot professors. Some woman was mad at me because I wouldn't go, quote, at it in a pool with her. USA Today, Dan Wolken, he was mad. Everybody was mad. 
Should have told him I'll kiss my ass. I did on the radio, but I should have done it on Twitter. Phil, I'm imploring you as somebody who who is completely on the wrong side of the media. I'm totally on the wrong side. The Indianapolis Star is legitimately my enemy. I don't hate many people. I hate those people. Fine. But do yourself a favor, Phil. Stand up, look them in the eye, take their crap, and go hit one right down the effing middle. Last thing, Phil. Last thing. Phil. The Masters is the most polite of places, the most forgiving of places. It's in the South. People are fake nice. God dang, I like you, Phil. And then they'll try to stab you in the back. But that's all right. They go to church. They tell you, Phil, go back to the Masters. Please do your little press conference. Look at slap blank Johnny. Hey, Phil, you know, you really, really... shut up. Well, you know about it. The people that come at me are some of, with the, with the indie media, are some of the worst people in America in their personal lives. It's fine. Don't care. So I don't care what they write. You shouldn't care. You shouldn't care a hundred times what some little clown who's going to ask you a question and then go do whatever little clowns do. Get back to the Masters, Phil Mickelson, and do it now. Period. That's it. Uh, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news that that McShay said today? What's McShay's first name? Whatever the hell his first name. Hi, I'm McShay. Uh, did you know that Kenny Pickett, with his hat backwards, facing no rush, had a really good pro day? He was alert. He was energized. Oh, and by the way, his hand is an eighth of an inch bigger. Thank God. Thank God Kenny Pickett's hand is a little bit bigger. Oh, my God. And thank God, whatever McShay's name is, thank God he's there to be at hat backwards quarterback throwing inside to a bunch of receivers without a pass rush. I think it really moved Kenny Pickett up. I think his pro day really came off well. What a world. Her male genitals, a moment of silence so that, oh, I don't know, third grade teachers can tell seven-year-olds what sex they are, and Kenny Pickett's hand size. What a freaking world. What the hell are we doing? I'm glad I live long enough to see it, but I'm glad I'm on the ass end of dying because, frankly, I don't want to see what in the hell we become. Hey, by the way, I'm mad because he won't hurt. She won't hide his male genitals in the locker room full of women. That's the world we live in. A dude with her male genitals walking around in a woman's locker room, and it's okay. Kenny Pickett's hand size led off Sports Center. What are we doing? A moment of silence because we're mad that third grade teachers can't tell third graders or question third graders on their sexuality. And we listen to this crap. 
L. Duncan here. L. Duncan, I guarantee you, she's going to end up running ESPN. I, I just don't understand the world we live in. And frankly, if that makes me a boomer, then all you little bleeders can kiss my backside. That's right. I call you bleeders. You can figure out why I ain't going into it, you little punks. Anyway. Kenny, did you see the size? His hand is an eighth. I think he did. Uh, I think. Grow. Thank God McShay is there. Thank God Marvin McShay is on the scene. Let me ask you, ESPN, who doesn't stand with the gay community? How does ESPN stand on human rights? How does ESPN stand on abortion? Can we get everything from ESPN? Jesus. Uh, This shocked me. Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa signed not with the Yankees, not with the Dodgers, not back with the Houston Texans or uh, Houston Astros, not with the White Sox, not with the Cubs, not with the Mets. The dude signed with the Twins. Now, riddle me this, Cato. That's an old reference. Uh, the Green Hornet. You guys won't get it, but that's all right. Riddle me this, Cato. Why would you sign with the Minnesota Twins? If you're serious about being a legend, why would you sign with the Minnesota Twins? Let me explain. You guys know I love to talk about myself. When I was in high school, I had a chance to go to a lot of different places, to go to college. One of those places was Indiana University. One of those places was Purdue, Florida, Michigan, Michigan State, Butler. A friend of mine asked me, uh, hey, here's the deal. Um... Why don't you just go to Butler? You can play. I said, let me ask you a question. Would you go to Butler? Well, I go, I go to Butler. This is when Butler wasn't very good. I go there for four years. You know what I talk about the rest of my life? How I was recruited by Indiana. I could have played for Bob Knight. Screw that. I'm going right into the fire. I'm going feet first. It's what you're supposed to do when you're a dude. It is. It's what you're supposed to do. Are you a dude or aren't you a dude? Are you L. Duncan or are you a dude? Are you someone with some sack or are you someone that's just whining to get on the right side of something? What are you? Well, I'm a dude. So I go play at Indiana. Said this the whole time. Said this the whole time about Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter's great. Do a 30 for 30, do an 80 for 80, do a 100 for 100. I don't care. He's great. But if he was, if he were the shortstop or the Kansas City Royals, be all right. Be a good player. Really good. But he wouldn't be Derek Jeter. He'd be a guy. He'd be Robinson Cano, maybe. You got to go where it's hot, man. You got to go where it's big. You got to go where it's bold. You got to go where it's great. You know, I was at the Big Ten Network. They recruited me to go to ESPN. It was a no-brainer. I acted like I wanted to go to the Big Ten Network. Then after 10 years at ESPN, I'm like, yeah, that's enough of this. Let's go somewhere where we can talk honestly. Let's go somewhere where guys like me that look like me, 58, 59-year-old white guys, aren't told to shut up and let the others handle it. Let's, you just let L. Duncan handle it. You just let Diana Rossini, you let Jalen handle it. You're not allowed. Oh, okay. Well, screw that. I want to go where it's hot. I want to go where it's rolling. I don't want to sit there and do a Mac game on a Friday night. 
I want to sit there and have good games taken by two guys that aren't nearly as good as me as a broadcaster, Vital or Billis. Who the hell wants that? I want to go where you're the star, baby. I'm the star of Don't At Me, and I like it. It may never last. Don't care. It's a risk. Who cares? Hey, I could have had my own show on Don't on uh, Outkick. No, let's go. What am I going to do? Well, you know, uh, Dan, we, we love you. You're the best announcer we have. That's Jimmy Patero and everybody's saying it. But Vital and Billis get the games over you. Well, let's screw that. Go where it's hot, Carlos Correa. Go where it's hot. Don't hide. Minnesota, there aren't 10 people outside of Minnesota that knew who last year's shortstop was. Nobody. You want me in the playoffs? You go to the freaking Yankees. You go to the Red Sox. You go to the Cubs. You go where it's hot. You go where it's energy. You go where people care. You don't go to Minnesota. Hey, Minnesota's a shit town. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kelly. Damn it. Minneapolis, my ass. Worst place I've been. Horrendous. Absolutely the worst. The worst people, the yelling at you when you're walking down the street for the Final Four. I mean, I was there, and I swear to God, I know the guy. I'm at the Target downtown. This dude, homeless dude, I don't even know if he's homeless. I just think he's mad. He yelling at everybody. About two weeks after the Final Four, he throws a kid off of the second floor to that Target. Worst town I've ever been in. The worst. What's that lady that married her brother? Doesn't she represent that? That's all you need to know. Correa, you go to the Red Sox, you go to the Yankees, you go to the Cubs, you stay with the Astros, you go somewhere where it's hot, not temperature-wise, where there's heat on you, where there's energy. You don't sit on your ass in uh, Robinson Cano. You know the name? Hell, he was going to be a star. He was going to be a big star, as they said in The Godfather before the horse's head was in his bed. Different story, I digress. Robinson Cano, guess what he did? I'm going to take the money and go to Seattle. Ain't nobody heard of Robinson Cano. Seattle never made the playoffs. Never. Mike Trout's a nice little story. Everybody loves Mike Trout, but he ain't never in the playoffs. He's on the second team in L.A. Hey, Mike Trout, go where it's hot. Go back home. Play for the Yankees. Play for the Mets. Play for the Cubs. Get involved. Get some, get some freaking moments. Jeez. Robinson Cano, what the hell are you doing? I mean, honest to God, what, 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 what are you doing? All I think about is Robinson Cano, and I'm like, what is wrong with you peoples? You peoples is nuts. Holy cow. Carlos Correa, have I beaten this dead horse enough? Have I beaten it to death? Have I pounded it into the submission, ladies and gentlemen? Please, if I haven't, let me know. But I just sit there and I get stunned when a guy decides I am not going to go where it's hot. Shoot. Now, if I didn't go to Indiana, I'd still have this show. I'd be a better human being. I'd have gotten a better degree. But that's all right. Hell at IU, they just give you a degree on the sidewalk. What do you want? You know what? Uh, I don't like math. You mind handing me a telecom degree? You got it, Slick. That's Indiana. I'd still, I'd probably be a state senator. But you know what? I didn't want to have to tell people, well, you know, I played at Butler and we weren't very good because Butler wasn't very good then. Uh, but, you know, I got really good, really good relationships. And, you know, I, I did get recruited by Bobby Knight. Yeah, you did good. Yeah. Okay. 
See, you don't do that. That's not how you go about the business of being a dude. You go about the business of being a dude by going into fire. And you don't cheat either, Correa. Stop with the cheating. What the hell are you doing? We don't need to do that, do we? I don't think so. A uh, couple of things. Uh, as I am and will always be, the foremost, the foremost endorser of women's athletics, women's college sports, give the women's NCAA tournament a look. Last night, you can put up the Dan's going rogue here. Uh, Last night, I watched IU play Penn. Indiana women were are a three seed, so they're playing it at IU. And Penn was the 11 seed, so they had to go into IU. And IU basketball program has gotten really good. The women, the men, they make excuses. Xavier Johnson, well, you play three, five games in eight days. Okay. I do a show every day. It's brutal. Two hours, just me. It's terrible. It's tough, tough, tough. Anyway, uh, IU women, fantastic game. Absolutely fantastic game. Horribly played, I think, IU women will tell you. They didn't play very well. Uh, The girls from the Ivy League, man, they were balling. You know, when you say the girls from the Ivy League, now it just hit me. Oh, my God, somebody can – the Indy Star will swing that into I'm I'm sexist. Anyway, the ladies from the Ivy League at Princeton came in and played, I mean, hard. UConn squeaked by. I mean, Notre Dame, Jaden Ivey's mom, that team was unbelievable last night winning. I'm telling you. Give yourself a chance. Watch the women's NCAA tournament. It's really fun. Uh, By the way, if Aiden Hutchinson, I'm looking at the big board here, Mel Kuypers, Aiden Hutchinson, if he's the number one pick in this draft, this draft stinks. That's all I'm going to tell you. Get mad at me. Get glad at me. Get angry at me. Get sad at me. And, oh, by the way, uh, a couple of things. One, Did you know that winning money on the women's NCAA tournament is just like winning money on the NCAA men's tournament? Did did you know this? It is. The money spends. Did you know that winning money on the NIT is just like winning money on the NCAA tournament? Just saying. Tonight at home, I don't love this bet. I'm going to take Virginia to just win the game over St. Bonnie. St. Bonnie just beat Oklahoma. I don't love it. I ain't mad at you if you take Oklahoma plus three and a half, or excuse me, St. Bonnie plus three and a half. I'm going to take Virginia only because they're at home. There's a lot of juice on it, but that's all right. I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take Xavier minus three and a half at home against Vanderbilt. That's a night game tonight. These are all in the NIT. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, NIT money spends. Now, I'm a little bit mad at the Indiana women because they were up 14 and the line was six. And guess what? They didn't finish. They didn't get the game and they didn't uh, cover. You know our saying, ladies and gentlemen, good teams win, great teams cover. Well, and don't call me a degenerate just because I bet the NCAA women's tournament. If you're smart, you will watch, you will figure, and you will bet. Last thing before I let you go. Uh, There is a line out there that is easy freaking money. Are you ready for it? It is Purdue 12 and a half on Friday, I think. It may be Thursday. Purdue 12 and a half against St. Peter's is legitimately, legitimately saying to all of you here, 
have our money. That's what they're saying to you. They're legitimately looking you in the eye and saying, Sean, Van Pasterman, Jennifer, all of you that are on our YouTube chat, Dylan, Ryan, everybody that is paying attention to this show, everybody, uh, we want you to have our money. Thus, we're going to give you Purdue only minus 12 and a half. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give you minus 12 and a half. Purdue is going to be up at half. I don't know what they're going to be up. I wouldn't bet the first half. The longer this goes, the strength of Purdue, the bigness of Purdue, do yourself a favor, get this line before it goes through the roof. This is going to go to 15 to 18, maybe even that won't go to 20, but it'll go to 15. If it doesn't go to 15, still bet Purdue. Still take it. This is one of those rare times, and Vegas has been bad, I think. Vegas has been easy to figure in this tournament. Currently up $3,200. The goal is $5,000. we are going to get $500 more of it on this Purdue game. If we lose it, we lose it. I don't care. Don't care. But that's what we're taking. Do yourself a favor. I think it's in a couple days. Indiana women's basketball takes on UConn. Do yourself a favor. Watch that game. Watch it. Have fun with it. Let me tell you this. Indiana women's basketball has been dormant for years. They hired Kurt Miller, who's now a a great coach. And Kurt had a little off-the-field issue. Now he's with the Connecticut Sun. He got it started. Terry Morin comes in, and she has elevated. Last year, Elite Eight. This year, they're in the Sweet 16 with a chance to play UConn. Full disclosure, I was totally against the Terry Morin hire. I didn't know Terry Morin. I didn't care about Terry Morin. I just know she played at Purdue. I don't like Purdue in my Indiana. I like Purdue. I have a great time every time with my friends that went to Purdue. But I didn't like Terry Morin because she went to Purdue. I still have never met Terry Morin. Their SID must be mad. She hasn't been on our show. We've requested. Don't care. But here's the deal. I love the way she coaches. And as my father used to tell me, I'm with you, win or tie. I don't care if you, oh, I don't know. I don't care if you played at Purdue. I don't care if you played at Indiana. I don't care. Just win, baby. I love Mike Woodson. It's great. But his team quit. When you quit, I got nothing to do with you. I got no use for you. You don't quit. Indiana basketball men's quit. Indiana women's, I guarantee you, if I had Coach Morin on right now, she'd be like, yeah, we didn't play very good. No, it's a bad game. It didn't look good. Now, I don't, I don't subscribe or I don't, I don't act like I watch all of women's Indiana basketball, but I watch enough to know they weren't very good. But survive and advance, baby. 
I'm going to try to get Phil Mickelson on here. I'm going to try to get some folks on here. Tomorrow we're going to talk hoops, man. We're going to get you set up tomorrow and Thursday for the NCAA tournament. I'm going to have a breakdown of all of the freaking games, not only how they're going to go for you, uh, excuse me, watching them, but how you should bet them. I'll have over and unders. I'll have every damn thing that you want. Ryan and Dylan, can't thank you guys enough. Bobby Carpenter, fantastic. Uh, Bobby Burak, go follow these guys. Swear to God. Those of you that were just jumping on, thanks for jumping on. Join us tomorrow at 9 o'clock. You can also join me. I'm on one today because of a bad dream about my wife. I will be 12 to 3, 1075thefan.com, or just go to wherever you get Spotify and all that stuff. Check us out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. You guys on the YouTube chat, enjoy the rest of your day.